This is an ABC News special. COVID-19, what you need to know. From ABC News headquarters, here is correspondent Aaron Katursky. More trappings of American public life have been curtailed because of coronavirus. There are now more than 1,300 cases in 44 states and more than three dozen deaths. The NBA and Major League Soccer suspended their seasons. March Madness is going to be played to empty arenas. The PGA Tour will be played without fans. You're hard-pressed to find a St. Patrick's Day parade. President Trump announced a travel ban from Europe. Norwegian Air has now suspended 4,000 flights as a result and cut half its workforce. Viking and Princess said there would be no cruises for the next two months. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is self-isolating at home after his wife exhibited flu-like symptoms following a conference in the UK. A Brazilian government official tested positive for coronavirus. He recently met with President Trump, and the stock market took another nosedive. All of these developments only deepen the questions we all have about this virus and best practices to deal with it. Dr. Jen Haith at Columbia University Medical Center is with us and with my colleague Diane Macedo, who's reading your questions. My husband is a critical care nurse. My concern is if he's exposed, can I become exposed from washing and touching his scrubs? How can I protect myself? So that's a very good question. I I would say that, first of all, anybody working in the critical care setting, taking care of patients that potentially have been exposed to coronavirus, should never go home with their scrubs on. They should always bring a change of clothes. They should leave their scrubs at the hospital. Most hospitals provide a cleaning service for those kinds of clothes. So nurses should come home with their regular clothes on and should always take a shower, wash themselves off before touching their family members or coming into contact with them. All right. Our next question is asking, since some companies, including mine, offer teledoc services as part of our health insurance, should this be our first contact so we don't overwhelm hospitals and ERs? If you have the ability to speak with your doctor or nurse practitioner or provider using a telemedicine type of uh, product, I would recommend it strongly. You know, our emergency rooms are going to be overwhelmed as more and more people test positive, even with mild symptoms that make them anxious. So, Contact your doctor, call the office, find out if you can set up a telemedicine visit. They're very useful, very helpful, you know, very reassuring for the most part since this illness, as we know, in 85% of people will have mild symptoms. I love this next question because we're seeing so much of this on social media. Some of my friends insist this is a hoax. Even today, they post on Facebook that this is a conspiracy. How do I word a response that they should take this seriously? You know, I I find that actually almost offensive at this point and very disturbing to hear that people are trying to, you know, propagate that kind of um, conspiracy theory. And it really is an affront to the heroic physicians and nurses that have worked in China, you know, Iran, Italy, you know, South Korea, now this country. People have lost their lives. People are having to make life and death choices about, you know, patients in these critical situations. It's really not appropriate. I would say, you know, don't respond to those kinds of comments. Don't retweet them. Don't, you know, repost them on Facebook or share them. This is a real illness. You know, we need to get control of this illness. We need to get people in their homes, quarantined on some level, away from other people, social distancing, you know, stopping being in crowds, limiting the spread. We need to dampen the curve. We need to slow this down so that our hospitals can handle the percent of patients that actually do get really Mm -hmm. sick. So I would say, you know, 
please don't you know tell people this is a hoax it's not appropriate and if you want to engage with someone like that in sort of a civil manner draw you know offer them some facts to maybe try to bring them around mm -hmm. you know one of the big things I keep hearing is well Italy has a much older population we don't have such an old population here so we don't have to worry about it what are some facts you can give to someone like that without getting into a huge argument <laughs> so I think, you know, it's hard to not argue with some people right. online. I would say, you know, fr from a facts perspective, we know this is a contagious disease. We know that a lot of people are getting it. And now, you know, in some ways it's, it's helpful that people like Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson and uh, other celebrities are coming forward with their stories so that people know that it is actually getting out there. It is actually infecting people and that the more people that get infected, even though the percent of people that are sick is small, small it's going to be a large number if you know, hundreds of thousands of people contract coronavirus, even 1% mortality becomes a lot of people. Right. So I try to, you know, stick to the facts, stick to what we know. You know, we know it's spreading. We know the numbers are going up. We have, you know, reliable sources, government sources providing us with information. It would have to be a worldwide conspiracy, you know. <laughs> so I try to, which makes no sense. Right, so, right. you know, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really fly. And then we have another question about if you are experiencing symptoms of COVID-19, what do you do? Do you treat the symptoms before going to the doctor? And at what point do you get tested? So my recommendation is, look, I think it's cold and flu season. Everybody's feeling not great right now. You know, kids have coughs, parents have coughs. If you have a cough, if you have a sore throat and a runny nose, stay home. Please don't go out. Please don't say, oh, I'm just going to go and do this. I'm just going to go and do that. At this point, we don't know who has it anymore. Mm -hmm. So stay home. If you get a high fever or you're feeling worse, call your doctor. If you have any emergency symptoms, shortness of breath, chest pain, you know, can't breathe, always go to your emergency room. We would never tell someone not to go to the ER with an emergency. But, you know, stay home. Try to, you know, wait it out until you need medical attention. And finally, is there any evidence that any of the pneumonia vaccines help protect older folks from contracting coronavirus. Yeah, there's been some uh, talk of this I've read lately about whether or not, you know, speculating why children aren't getting this as much. And it's possible that, you know, some people have tried to make this link that children get a pneumococcal vaccine in their earlier years and that could this be protective. We don't have enough information to know that. I always recommend that all my patients have a flu vaccine and people over the age of, you know, 50, 65 need to be getting not vaccinated against pneumococcus. But that is not proven. There is no evidence to suggest that that will necessarily prevent or dampen the symptoms. Dr. Jen Haith at Columbia University Medical Center. There is still so much to learn about COVID-19. But nonetheless, with the information we have, states and cities are making choices. New York City is ready to announce new restrictions. The National Guard has moved into a northern suburb of New York, New Rochelle, where an attorney contracted coronavirus and, and seems to have been connected to the infections of so many. There's a concentration of new cases there. Across the country, California has already banned large gatherings in an attempt to contain the spread of the virus. Let's turn to ABC's Alex Stone. He's with us from Santa Clarita, the home of Princess Cruises. Uh, before we talk about gatherings, there was a big announcement from the company, Alex. Well, Aaron, Princess Cruises is headquartered here in Santa Clarita. There is a big building downtown where a lot of the operations are underway at this moment, but Princess announcing from their headquarters here that the cruise company is canceling all of its cruises for at least two months. So because of COVID-19, it is pausing global operations of its 18 ships. Princess has dealt with COVID-19 on two of its ships, the one in Japan, the Diamond Princess, and the one here in California that is still unloading the Grand Princess that 
current voyages will end in the coming days. Work is being done to get passengers home. They're going to get all of their money refunded. Princess Cruz is saying this is a tough decision, but the right decision right now with coronavirus. Aaron. And Alex, uh, Viking quickly followed suit. And on the airline front, Norwegian Air, one of the country's uh, and world's largest low-cost airlines, canceling 4,000 flights. But beyond travel, tell us about California's move on events statewide. No more large gatherings? Yeah, that coming overnight from Governor Gavin Newsom. We heard yesterday from San Francisco and Santa Clara that they were limiting gatherings of over a 1,000 people. Well, in the, the wee hours of this morning, Governor Newsom announcing any gathering over 250 people, it is now banned in the state of California. That is going to impact the tourism industry in big ways. That means sporting events. We already know about the NBA, but other sporting events are going to be impacted. And what we don't know is the theme parks and amusement parks in this state, how they're going to be impacted by all of this. A lot of moving parts to it. It is evolving by the minute. But concerts, anything else where you would have a large crowd, those are now going to be canceled here in this state. Aaron? ABC's Alex Stone with us from Santa Clarita, California. And that step that the state is taking seems, in a way, quaint compared to the nationwide lockdown currently underway in Italy. Longtime ABC News producer Clark Benson is in Rome, where he lives with his family. Uh, Clark, it has been three days now. How are you, how are you doing? Thank, good afternoon, Aaron. We're doing okay. Every day is a little bit uh, a reality check for us as we, as we try to figure out what we are and not allowed to do. Um, technically, you are only supposed to leave your house for an absolute essential reasons or if you are in an industry or business that is, is exempt from the restrictions. But uh, grocery stores remain open, pharmacies remain open. People are not panicking. There's not a run, but there is long lines. You have to wait. You have to be three feet away from the person in front of you. You're let in a few at a time. So we're adapting to that, but it's uh, it's not getting any better. We the, the uh, Civil Protection Agency just a few moments ago announced that we are now over 15,000 cases here. Another over 1,000 people have died. We're, we're growing at about 20% uh, a day in new cases, and that's, that's alarming. Mm. I, I know you ventured out maybe under the guise of grocery shopping today. What do you, you see? What does it look like on the street? It's very eerily quiet. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Normally on a day like this, my local neighborhood here would be packed with people out shopping. Uh, most of the stores that are were not food or, or pharmacies were closed. It's odd. You walk down the street, people give you a wide berth. You see them coming, you move to the right, they move to the left. Nobody wants to come too close to anybody else. There's a lot of people wearing masks. Um, but the, it, it, it's, it's just uh, people are trying to keep their distance, but also trying to keep some normalcy in their life. How about how about the kids? How are they? How are your kids holding up? Uh, they have been out of school now for over a week. Uh, at first, it was just sort of emailed homework assignments, but now, as realized, we realize this is going to continue. The school has started uh, tele teleschooling, I guess you'd call it. They 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 meet with a different teacher every hour uh, via you know webcam, and they are being taught that way. 
One, I have one kid in one room with his teacher and another kid in another room with his teacher, and they spend about four hours a day um, trying to keep up with their schoolwork. Uh, it's just extraordinary. As, as kind of life curtailed and, and everything seems to go on in your own house. I mean, and, and for, for Italy, that one of the world's largest economies, it's almost unbelievable. People are telling sad stories every day about how they're going to make it in terms of these people who own small businesses. I mean, restaurateurs and hotels have been told to close. Um, you know, taxi drivers are getting no business at all. Public transport is available, but if you get on it, nobody wants to stay on long. You stay away. It's, it's, this should be the busiest, busiest time of the year. We're approaching the Easter holidays. It's almost you know, it's glorious springtime weather here. We should have tens of thousands of, of tourists in Rome. It's absolutely empty. Well, it's good to hear your voice, Clark. Uh, thanks for the, for the picture there from Rome. ABC's Clark Benson, uh, a producer here at ABC News who lives with his family in, in Rome, uh, want to turn to the White House, where uh, President Trump uh, appeared rather sanguine today. ABC's Jordan Phelps is there. Uh, we saw a photo of the president standing next to a Brazilian government official who we now know to have tested positive. Uh, that was striking. And yet n- no word whether the president himself is going to get tested for this. Hey, Aaron, I was in the Oval Office with the president and I questioned him on this multiple times. He did not take the opportunity to answer whether he is now reconsidering getting tested. Uh, The president did talk about some of the details of his meetings with uh, President Bolsonaro this weekend. He said they had dinner together and that they even sat next to each other. But he said uh, his main message, Aaron, was that he's not concerned as uh, these test results are coming in. Uh, The president at that time did not appear to be aware uh, that Bolsonaro's press aide had, in fact, tested positive for the coronavirus. So lots of questions here, Aaron, about whether that previous recommendation from the president's doctor that he did not need to be tested uh, is now going to change. The president, though, is sort of bowing to the reality of this. We know he's curtailing campaign activities, right? Absolutely, Aaron. We've seen the president's tone shift a bit on this in recent days, even as he continues to project that usual optimism, saying that this will go away. The president saying today uh, that he's essentially taking a pause from the campaign trail as this plays out. He's saying that he needs to see the coronavirus really take a turn for the better within this country before he feels comfortable going out there and and holding those standard mega rallies. Uh, The president uh, saying that he Uh, is not necessarily committing to a firm pause right now, but saying that he wants to be at the White House, which he sees as the nerve center for the coronavirus at this time. Jordan, the president was on the defensive a bit after he announced a travel restriction from Europe. He was questioned about its efficacy and whether he confused things by uh, giving conflicting answers on whether it includes trade and cargo. Aaron, I asked the que- the president the question about uh, the effectiveness of this travel ban, especially considering that there are many Americans who can just as easily now come back to the United States from Europe and carry uh, this virus just as Europeans can. Uh, the president really explaining that this for him is all about containment, that he wants to try to rein this in as much as possible, very much defending the action that he took. Uh, he was questioned also a lot about the economic 
economic repercussions of this move uh, in the president saying that it pales in comparison to the cost of lives, which is, he said, why he's taken this action. But Aaron, as you note, uh, there has been confusion. The president said last night that trade and cargo would, in fact, be impacted by these new travel restrictions. But the president later that night tweeted to clarify uh, that trade is in no way uh, affected. Aaron, a lot of mixed messaging um, and confusion coming out of the White House from what is a highly telegraphed presidential address. These are supposed to be, you know, the most highly choreographed, smooth uh, events that are firmly on a teleprompter. Uh, This is not a place to be making errors. uh, But we saw the White House have to issue at least one correction uh, last night, Aaron, and at least three myths truths uh, coming out of that address. ABC's Jordan Phelps with us from her post at the White House. Jordan, our thanks to you. Want to turn next to Caleb Silver, the editor-in-chief of Investopedia, who's been helping us understand the market reaction to all of this. And clearly the, the, the market reaction to what the president announced and to what other governments around the world have done to confront coronavirus has been underwhelming. To say the least, and that confusion that the president created last night in terms of the uh, imports being restricted from Europe uh, helped bring European stocks to their worst day ever, down 11% by the time uh, things closed over there across the ocean. So that, uh, that confusion and the lack of clarity and the lack of actual understanding about the economic impacts of coronavirus are putting pressure on stocks for the last several days and today, too. Yeah, another nosedive on Wall Street where trading had to be briefly halted right after the opening bell. Sure. I believe it was halted twice uh, when stocks go down more than 7% for the S&P 500. The, it trips what we call a circuit breaker. The New York Stock Exchange literally stops trading so it can process all the sell orders in an orderly fashion. And that happened at least twice. Uh, so it was a very intense sell, uh, day of selling, especially right out of the gate. And uh, markets are still uh, in a... It, in facing steep losses, even as we look at uh, some of the stimulus efforts made by the Federal Reserve and others. The, the, the markets uh, you know, have recovered some. They dropped more. Uh, as you say, the stocks in, in, in uh, Europe had their worst day uh, in, in decades, dropping more than 10 percent. What is an investor to do to understand you know, how far down this is going to go. It, it, it seems as if no one can quite get a handle on how deep the economic pain is going to be from coronavirus. Right. And the issue is we don't know the global economic impact of coronavirus. We don't even know how, how deep it will affect the U.S. economy. So not knowing how long it will last in terms of when we have containment around coronavirus, if we get containment around coronavirus, and what that means to the supply chains that companies and small businesses depend on for supplying their businesses or for selling their product uh, to, to customers. And we don't know the impact on consumers. And I think that's the big wild card here. Consumers have been the strongest part of the U.S. economy for the better part of 18 months, and they've been booed by low interest rates and low gas prices. Now we're facing a situation where they may be shut in, not going out to restaurants, certainly not going out to uh, sports events. Leagues are suspending play and having events without spectators, and that's the very least of it. I'm talking about regular shopping for, for basic items. Some of that could be curtailed as well. So not knowing the impact on the consumer does not give investors the opportunity to price stocks at a level where they think what they, that they think is reasonable. Once we get a little bit of visibility on that, we might be able to say, oh, I can see the impact 
to a Apple computer or I can see the impact to a Coca-Cola because I know how long it's going to last and now I can price the stock the right way. But right now, with no visibility, investors are just deciding to sell. Uh, Caleb Silver, the editor-in-chief of Investopedia, our thanks to you as we struggle to understand the market reaction to coronavirus. Uh, Part of that has to do with our understanding of the virus itself. There has not been enough testing, according to experts, to really understand just how deadly it is, who it affects, who is most at risk. It seems as if the vast majority of people will come away with uh, minor, if any, symptoms. And it really does seem to be the elderly and those with an underlying respiratory condition that are most at risk. So I want to bring Dr. Vinny Kumar, the resident physician at the Mayo Clinic, on board here. He's with the medical unit here at ABC News. We heard this from the president, and we've heard it from doctors. Wash your hands. Stay home if you're sick. Indeed, it's actually been the mantra for years and decades for most infectious diseases. Now, the key thing is now the public seems to be taking it a little bit more seriously than they were before. Um, And that is, in fact, actually one of the most important things that the public can do at this time by ensuring their social isolation, that they are washing their hands regularly, cleaning surfaces, especially phones, which are quite a dirty reservoir of all sorts of infectious agents. And ensuring that you are keeping a certain distance from people who are actively sick, all of these things are things that will actually help reduce the spread of infection, the transmission itself. We heard the president say for the vast majority of Americans, the risk is very low. The highest risk involves the elderly population with underlying conditions. So far, that does seem to be the case. Yes, uh, that is actually correct. Now, there are many reasons for why the elderly could be particularly susceptible. Um, Fundamentally, as as your body gets older, your body tends to break down. And especially as you get older, you accumulate more and more insults to the body. For example, if you're older and you have smo- you're a former smoker with COPD or have heart failure, your lungs are just inherently less able to clear out the, the, the virus particles out of your lungs. And your immune system is weaker as by default. So it makes it more difficult for you to fight off infections. Um, so certainly, as we can see from the evidence itself, the elderly are at risk. And the president is advising, not ordering, but advising nursing homes to limit all visits that are not medically necessary. Is that good advice? That seems to be relatively sound advice. Um, Ultimately, it is up to an individual to decide whether or not they are willing to accept the personal responsibility of transmitting the disease or receiving the disease. And um, it's, it's appropriate for this to be a an advisory statement as opposed to a command. Mm. Uh, No less gut-wrenching, though, if you have a loved one in a nursing home. Undoubtedly, correct. Dr. Vinny Kumar, our thanks to you. He's a resident physician at the Mayo Clinic and a member of our medical unit here at ABC News, helping us understand coronavirus and best practices for all of us in in dealing with it. A, A virus that started in Asia has now become centered in Europe, Italy, has announced its death toll has surpassed 1,000, making Italy the epicenter of this virus. And we heard from ABC's Clark Benson how daily life has been curtailed there. It is also being curtailed in the United States. The Metropolitan Museum of Art is closing temporarily. Lincoln Center in New York City, all performances are temporarily canceled. The NBA, the NCAA uh, are making changes. The PGA Tour, Major League Soccer, All different ways of life are coming 
under restriction now as coronavirus continues its relentless spread in the United States. Now in 44 states, 38 deaths and cases that are only growing as more testing comes online across the country. For my colleagues, I'm Aaron Katursky. You've been listening to an ABC News special. ABC News, honored winner of four Edward R. Murrow Awards. ABC News, America's number one news choice. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.